Hey there, it is Allison McGee, your host, coming to you late in the day instead of the morning. The sun is going down so much later now than it did a few months ago. It's coming up earlier. Are you one of those people whose whole body responds to light, whose brain works differently in different seasons? Maybe you have to be a northerner to know. Somebody who lives through distinct seasons all year long, but maybe not. I'm one of those people. Those northerners. In summer, I only need a few hours of sleep. I feel fine. In winter, I swear I could go to bed at 7 and sleep until 7 the next morning. Happy spring to us all. When I was in grad school, I took a linguistics class. I cannot remember the exact title of this class, and I don't remember why I took it, but I do remember learning about halfway through that until maybe 200 or 250 years ago, the word they was perfectly acceptable as a singular pronoun. If you are not up on grammar terms, and goodness knows I'm not going to judge you for that because I'm not either, pronouns are those little words that are used as substitutions for other nouns. And when you're talking about a person, common pronouns are he, she, you, me, I, we, us, this, them. So until not all that long ago, relatively speaking, the pronoun they could be used for a single person or more than one person. Then times changed, because times always change, and grammarians decided that they could only be used to denote plural, meaning more than one person. This is the era that until very recently everyone alive was living in, even though zillions of people still used it to mean just one person. An example would be someone asking, go ask each of the teachers what they want to drink, will you? At which point, a very strict grammarian amongst us, and again, that's not me, (laughs) might say something like, Do you mean go ask each of the teachers what he or she wants to drink? Which sounds weird and clunky, doesn't it? At least in my ear, stilted, ever so slightly scary in what it seems to imply in a sort of, don't you know the basic rules of grammar undertone? But they has returned full force because we are now living in changed times where non-binary people are free or should be free to claim their true identity as neither male nor female. This is where they fits the bill perfectly. I love that we already have they available, that it has already been used as an inclusive pronoun for centuries, and that we can now use it in another new and inclusive way. Actually, I dream about a world in which everyone is a they from birth no matter their genitals, no matter how they define their identity. Because think about it, if we were all just they, wouldn't that just make us all so much freer? That's a topic for a different day. to think about words and language 
I love to bend words and syntax around in strange and repetitious and winding ways for effect. I love to say words and sentences out loud or out loud in my mind over and over and over. In fact, I can't help it, and it's partly why I'm such a slow reader. Words and language and the ways it can be made to dance are a constant enchantment for me. I grew up speaking English, and I still speak English, and I write only in English, and I live and breathe my native language, and I love it. But in college, I majored in Chinese, partly because Asia fascinates me, always has, but mostly because Mandarin itself fascinated me. Studying that language opened up windows in my brain that shed light on my own native language, that shed light on whole new ways of living in the world, new ways of thinking about the world. Chinese grammar is very different from English grammar. There are no tenses, for one thing, and there are no verb conjugations. If that sounds strange and almost impossible to you, speaker of English or another Romance language, it's not. It's entirely possible. For example, the verb walk, pronounced zou, is the same no matter who's walking, or walked, or will walked. The word is just zou. If you want to say that I walked to the river yesterday, all you do is stick yesterday in the sentence. Imagine if English were that way. Yesterday I walked to the river. You'd know it happened yesterday, right? So why is English grammar and so many other grammars so very convoluted when clearly they don't have to be? These questions fascinate me. Many of the students I've taught my whole life speak and write English as their second language. Many tell me they want all their mistakes, and I hope you heard the quotation marks I just put around that word, corrected, and would I please do that? Yeah, of course I can do that. My fingers automatically correct grammar to fairly standard English, and I say fairly standard because I never formally learned grammar in school. But my eyes read past grammatical differences to the heart and soul of the piece. This is something that I have learned by osmosis uh, and by informal training simply because of the teaching that I have done in my life and my beloved students. Grammar can be learned, grammar can be corrected, but what matters in writing is the heart and the soul of the piece. Another thing that studying another language, or reading about other languages even, can do for you is change the way you think about your own language and words in general. A language is not fixed in stone. Look at all the new words and phrases that are added to the dictionary every year. Look at that word of the year that we get every year. Language changes as we change, as our world changes. Language is malleable. And that's something beautiful about it, at least to me. Welcome back, they. Please take your place in our correct grammar again, will you? Thinking about language makes me think about one of my very favorite poems by my friend Wang Ping. It's called Syntax. And I love this poem so much that I bought a broadside of it. A broadside is a limited edition artist's hand-printed copy on beautiful paper. And when I say hand-printed, I mean letterpress printed. 
And uh, syntax hangs in my house now. It's hung there for many years. I remember when Ping was writing this poem. She wasn't sure if it was finished or not. And she was wondering whether to use the word beast or woman in the ending line. Which would be best, she wondered. Pick one, pick the other. Language is malleable. She titled the poem, appropriately, I thought, Syntax. Here's the poem. Syntax by Wang Ping. She walks to a table. She walk to table. She is walking to a table. She walk table now. What difference does it make? What difference it make? In nature, no completeness. No sentence really complete thought. Language, like woman, look best when free, undressed. When I asked permission of Ping to feature this poem on the show, she told me that it had changed, that she'd rewritten it, and that Tracy K. Smith had featured it on the NPR show Slowdown. Ping sent me the latest version, and I asked her if I could read both of them. Because language changes, and poems and poets rewrite themselves when times change, when cultures change, when the poets themselves look at a changing world with eyes that see differently, with eyes that want to tell the truth about the past, with a heart that wants to speak truth, maybe a truth that was always there, but not expressed so openly. Instead of syntax, the poem is now titled, in all lowercase, Immigrant Can't Write Poetry, by Wang Ping. Here's the second version, which includes an epigraph directly after the title. Immigrant Can't Write Poetry by Wang Ping Oh no, not with your syntax. V.H. to Chun, a Chinese poet writing in English. She walked to mountain. She walks to a mountain. She walked to mountain now. She is walking to a mountain now. What difference it make? What difference does it make? In nature, no completeness. No sentence really complete thought. Language, our birthright and curse. Pay no mind to immigrant syntax. Poetry, born as river, flow best when free, undammed. Well, that is it for today's show, my friends. Thank you for listening. 
If you liked it, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might, and give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts if you are so inclined. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. Today's poems, syntax, and its next generation point two version, Immigrant Can't Write Poetry, are by Wang Ping and are used with her kind permission. Look her up, people. There is nothing this woman cannot do, and I mean nothing. Words by Winter is created and hosted and written everything by me, writer Allison McGee. If you'd like more information on my writing and my books, please go to my website, alisonmcgee.com. As for Words by Winter, tell me what you're going through. I will go in search of a poem to help you through, a poem to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me since I was little. Send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. Words by Winter, (laughs) conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life because it is rough out there and we have to help each other through.